Hi, everyone. What you're about to hear now is a short story, which I wrote a couple of years ago for a magazine. It's a fictionalized version of our first trip to Basie that we've just discussed on the podcast. The sound design for the short story was done by Brian of Grooves Ahead, so thank you to him, and thanks for all the work that he's done on the podcast project since we first started. We hope you enjoy the short story, and we hope that someday, somehow, you get the chance to go to Basie and experience what we also got to experience when we visited. Enjoy the story, and we'll see you all next week. So what time would you be opening on Saturday then? I asked. I don't know, I'm not a fucking train timetable, am I? Came the gruff response from the other end of the line. Before the slightly too long silence that told me I was the only person left on the call. More evidence to challenge the myth that all Japanese are polite, I remember thinking grinning to myself slightly. They're not. And if they don't know you, they don't have to be. In fact, you could be led to believe that Japanese men over a certain age had dispensed with the inconvenience of words altogether, replacing them with a series of grunts, guttural noises and loud interjections. But that answer had been as good as we were going to get. We took it as a green light for a trip we couldn't really afford, an utterly ridiculous decision to anyone but me or my partner in this mad project. But that was a few weeks back, and this was now. I mean, this was fucking it. Our Wigan Casino, our electric ballroom, our mecca of Japanese jazz joints. Four and a half hours on a bullet train slicing through the endless sprawl and carbon copy factory towns of the Japanese countryside was nearing its end. An early morning rendezvous at Tokyo Station had brought us here to the end of months of anticipation. Months of being told by jazz joint owners about the legendary Basie. Run by the most famous of all the owners. A shining beacon, a bastion of jazz joint culture holding firm against the relentless onslaught of Japanese modernity and development. Like many of its peers, Basie was named in honour of the musician its owner most admired and was tucked away in the run-down red light district of an ageing, nondescript Japanese provincial town. For over 40 years it had weathered in turn snowplough winters and summers which could rot wood with their humidity. It probably wouldn't withstand an earthquake, but mercifully, not least for us, that was something with which it had yet to contend. A journey that had begun two years previously as just an idea and then an experiment had gradually burgeoned into a countrywide quest to photograph the hundreds of rapidly vanishing jazz bars and kisa coffee shops which for decades had anchored the soil of Japan's jazz landscape. And whichever dingy bar or grimy post-war cafe we find ourselves in, only one name had been so consistently and reverently uttered. Basie. The same name that we can now see carved in a small sign hanging on the glass-panelled wooden door in front of us. The deep orange hue and faint sound of music bleeding through the smoky glass indicates at least that the trip has not been in vain. Basie is open. I steady myself, take a deep breath and place my hand apprehensively on the door. 
It opens into a large, cavernous room as dark and moody as the street behind me is bright and sun-drenched. The hushed black and brown tones of the interior are fringed with red and orange from the hanging lamps and bar lights. Posters, photos, record sleeves, autographs, ticket stubs and other jazz paraphernalia cover the walls, all of them reflecting off the large black piano in the middle of the floor, giving the whole place the impression of a jazz-themed fairground hall of mirrors. Altar-like. At the back of the space sits the mythical JBL sound system, beckoning customers towards its ear-defying volume. The enormous handmade wooden speakers dominate the room and all the furniture faces respectfully in their direction. Listening is not an option. It is a requirement. It is the whole fucking point. If jazz is a religion for so many Japanese, then this is the shrine at which they worship. I nod politely at the woman cleaning glasses behind the bar as we sit down at the table and watch her face almost imperceptibly fall at the prospect of having to deal with bumbling foreign customers who have stumbled in here out of some vague curiosity. We try to walk a fine line between the sheer excitement of digesting everything we are seeing and feeling and not looking like gormless tourists, so overwhelmed that we blow the whole thing. It's unlikely we will be back anytime soon, so any visit is potentially the last We never know how much longer each joint will stay open and even the most revered are not immune from old age, sickness, unreasonable rent hikes and lack of customers. What can I get you? Asks the woman quietly as she approaches the table. Oh, just two beers, please, says my partner. Shifting in my chair out of the corner of my eye, I catch the other reason we came all this way to Basie. Sat across from the bar at a huge round wooden table is the master, of whom we have heard so many legendary tales. His salt and pepper hair is parted neatly to the side and he sports an immaculately pressed cream blazer complete with pocket square. Wearing sunglasses in the warm yellow light where he sits, he holds a thick black fountain pen in his hand. Pausing from time to time for thought, he then writes carefully constructed lines of poetry into a book filled with the intricate shapes of Japanese calligraphy. Sitting there, right in front of us, I can't help but wonder if he would even be believable to others except in a work of fiction. He looks for all the world like some Hollywood movie crime kingpin between vendettas, sunglasses keeping his nervy henchmen guessing constantly where his gaze will fall. The arrival of our drinks startled me out of this silent surveillance. Here you are, enjoy. Uh, sorry, one thing. The truth is, I begin hesitantly, we have come from Tokyo, especially today. As soon as I say it, I know how it sounds. This joint has been here for over 40 years and here we are some gaijin interlopers looking for special treatment simply because we have come to visit. The woman smiles tolerantly. Would it be okay to take some photographs for a project we're currently doing? I ask. Yes, of course, she says. Just please don't photograph the customers. Well, this has become a fairly standard reply. Jazz joints are private spaces for private people and there are no more private people than the Japanese. I have become adept at shooting the backs of heads or grabbing the interior shots gorilla style, using that temporary window when a customer goes to the toilet and clears the space. No wives or bosses will ever see their husbands or employees in a jazz joint from my photos. 
these places still retain a little of their bohemian counterculture feel for the Japanese, so most have never been or would ever dream of going to one. I take out my camera, my nerves causing me to over-exaggerate the selection of lens before grabbing some shots from where I'm sitting. Confidence up, I begin to explore a little further from the table. Rather than wandering around for a long time, I am conscious of photographing in short and unobtrusive bursts, and today is no exception. I can see the master in my peripheral vision as I slide back into the leather booth for another sip of my drink, still processing how incredible this place is. Like so many others we have been lucky enough to visit. They never disappoint in their sheer variety, living museums of a musical culture at once unified in their purpose, yet each one unique in character. As I settle back into my seat to enjoy Eric Dolphy live at the five spot, wash over as at ear-splitting volume, the woman reappears silently beside our table. Excuse me, I'm sorry to disturb you, but the master would like to talk with you, if that's okay. He was also a photographer. Fuck yes, I think. Although it's sort of whimpering sound is all that emerges from my mouth. My partner doesn't need asking twice, though, and is up like a shot. The woman takes it as a yes, nods, and within seconds a phalanx of staff arrive to move our drinks, snacks, bags and jackets across the room to the large round table where the master holds court. We walk over nervously, desperate not to mess this chance up. Taking a seat at his table, we nod politely and smile in that Japanese way which wordlessly acknowledges an invitation. His middle finger dominated by a large silver skull ring, he returns the nod and reaches deftly into his jacket pocket, producing two beautifully embossed white business cards. Turning them round so the text faces outwards, he holds the card at both corners between thumb and index finger before coolly sliding each one in turn through the air between us. We receive them respectfully in both hands, heads slightly bowed and look down to read the text. Below the Basie logo in the top left-hand corner, it reads simply, Shoji Swifty Sugawara Master. This is it. The inner circle, I think, trying to keep my cool as I place the card gently down to my right on the table and look back up. For the briefest instant, I catch my partner's eye and it's enough to tell me we're thinking the exact same thing. Basie. It simply doesn't get any better. <laughs> 